0: what a move! beauty! You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Octopi Hockey Town with your host, Austin Goodman. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octopi Hockey Town. I'm your host, Austin Goodman, and this week we're talking about a lot of stuff. And, you know, most of you may have a question when you're listening to this show, and that'll come at the top of our episode today, episode 12 of Octobie Hockey Town. And that question is going to be, what is happening with the Wings right now? Who have they re-signed, and why have they not re-signed veteran Daniel Alfredson? We'll talk about all of that through the first ten minutes of the show, and then I'll give you all the answers to all your questions. All right, and that'll happen through the first ten minutes of our show. Our second segment today, we'll be talking eight minutes long. Where we'll, you know, we'll talk about the development camp. It was held in Traverse City throughout the past couple of weeks. Um, it was actually um, June fourth through the eighth. You know, there were skaters like Mantha, Nosek. Uh, you know, the recently drafted Larkin, they were all in attendance and it was uh, it was a good development camp and we'll break it all down, you know, tell you what happened, give you a little bit of the ins on what's happening. Um, you know, with the prospects that are coming up for, the, for uh, the Red Wings, I mean, honestly, I have been riding these prospects heavily throughout off-season coverage, so, you know, I'm going to give you a little bit more in-depth information in the middle of the show about the prospects and about development camp. Uh, that was July fourth, actually July fourth through July eighth, earlier this month. So for the last ten minutes of the show, we'll discuss what is left to do. All right, and and that is very vague, but we'll you know we'll really get into it. We'll break it down. Can the Wings make any free agents without the signature of Daniel Alfredson first? That's my biggest question. And then, you know, can the Wings trade away somebody like Johan Franzen? You know, not giving up one of your youngsters for more than he's worth. We'll discuss all of that and a lot more on this episode of Octopi. It's episode twelve, so I, I just want to jump right into it. And we have what the Red Wings have done thus far in the off season. So I, I, I kind of want to just start going month by month. All right, we got June 2014. On the 18th of June, Jordan Tutu was waived, and you know we all know about the compliance buyout. You know all that whole, sh- you know, spiel. Um, you know, we've talked about that multiple times on Octopi. Um anywho, twenty on the twenty fifth, Jonas Gusivson he re-signed to a one year deal, and on the thirtieth we uh um we saw the Red Wings sign Thomas McCollum to a one year deal, which was a two way contract. So that was June. Then July. July came. We all know that July first was a rough day to be any sort of associate. With the Red Wings franchise, coaching staff, players, or fan base, coverage, media, anybody. On July 1st, the first day of free agency, Riley Shahan was signed to a two-year deal. Pete that got a one-year extension. Kevin Porter signed to a one-year two-way contract. And the Red Wings at 7 p.m. signed Kyle Quincy. Gave him a raise to a two-year deal. Um, on the 2nd, Andy meow signed to a one-year deal. And on the 10th, the Red Wings... And Ken Holland more specifically, you know, he backed up his end of the bargain by giving Daniel Cleary one more year, another contract. And that leads me into my first question is, you know, why did they re-sign Daniel Cleary? And then later on, uh, you know, we'll talk about why did they re-sign Kyle Quincy? And You know, actually, I want to flip that around. I want to do Kyle Quincy first because this really kind of irks me. The Wings got rather desperate after being rejected from the first day of free agency, and they had to create more depth on the back end. And without Kyle Quincy being re-signed, that would have been an extra large hole at a position where the Wings basically already have a hole. Uh, They're folding at the position, but they did sign... Kyle Quincy at 7 o'clock on July 1st. It was a two-year deal, $8.5 million contract. It is, in fact, a raise from last season. I've said that he'll be making $4.25 million annually. And he, you know, he wasn't really playing good hockey at the beginning of the season. But in the second half of the season, I was honestly I was pretty impressed with how Quincy played you know he did a pretty good job he finished the season he had 82 games he was one of two players the second player was Drew Miller to play all 82 games for the Red Wings so that's something good and positive to pull from this situation but he only had four goals and nine assists and you know quite frankly that doesn't cut it for me um you know I think somebody you know like Kyle Quincy, should be putting up way better numbers than that. Uh, minus five rating, 88 penalty minutes. He led the team in penalty minutes. Um, you know, there are things that he needs to refine in this game, but at 6'2, 207 pounds, he's a good sized guy, 29 years old on August 12th. Uh, this year he'll be turning, and he's still, you know, he needs a little bit of time to mature, I think, still, but at the same time, it wasn't my first option personally. But, you know, with this being said, players like Nichols you know, Nick Lidstrom didn't step up until Later in their career. So this is something that can happen for sure. But I'm not comparing Kyle Quincy to Nick Lidstrom, But it is still something to think about. That the Red Wings are very good at developing players. You know, players like Darren McCarty. Players like Dallas Drake who ended up you know, winning a Stanley Cup with the Red Wings. They did play a vital role in both of those Stanley Cup runs. And also, you know, Kyle Quincy could play a good role in the back end. If somebody like Ryan Sproul steps up. I don't know, I'm just ranting. We're gonna you know, we're get we're getting really into it here. Um, but I do wanna get back to the whole topic about Daniel Cleary and it was Ken Holland making a verbal agreement to Cleary before the last season and he said that, you know, if he signs a one year contract now that he'll you know, he verbally promised to Cleary that he would sign re sign him during this off season and that happened and now Cleary is signed to a one year deal. Um, you know, many would ask why. Holland would sign Daniel Cleary, and it isn't necessarily a fan favorite decision. No moves in hockey are really considered for the fans' sake, but It's the locker room, and and locker rooms like to have the presence of somebody like Daniel Clary, who has been in the league for a long time. He has won Stanley Cups, and he is a veteran of the game. He's a great teacher for younger players, and the Wings have a lot right now. They have a lot of younger players that need a a teacher, somebody to look up to. It may not show him productivity on the ice, but he is an off-ice exceptional uh, player, exceptional teammate, and he'll probably make an exceptional coach at one point in his career, but clearly... Cleary, you know, he could be the fourteenth forward of fourteen for the Red Wings in the fall and he'll probably be a healthy scratch a lot of the time. Um, but you know, with this signature, my question is will he fit into the Red Wings offense, especially if Alfredson is resigned? Now if Alpha Alfredson resigns, then there will be fifteen forwards, Thomas Yerko being the odd one out. All right, and even more so on that kind of issue right there is, you know, players like Timu Polkin and Anthony Mantha, who are really showing some great potential throughout um, throughout development camp, could see, I don't think Polkinen is going to be able to be, you know, able to beat anybody up, but everybody is anticipating this rise of Anthony Mantha, and I'm excited for it as well. Mantha has been quoted saying he is ready for the NHL, and from what I've seen, and what I I would tend to agree, I was quoted on the pack via Twitter that Anthony Mantha would quote-unquote have an impact on the Red Wings next season, and this is the beginning of it. This is absolutely the beginning of it, and it could factor in to Daniel Cleary getting playing time, somebody like Thomas Yurko getting playing time. But, you know, the Red Wings are young, and they're learning in the locker room from somebody like Daniel Cleary, who would be a healthy scratch still in the locker room playing for, you know, the Red Wings theoretically. So this kind of just leaves us with one remaining question of this segment is what is happening with Daniel Alfredson? And you know, what with this, there are a couple different factors that come into play. And that being said, one that does not come into play is that Alfie wants to return to be a Red Wing. And that's that's absolutely one hundred percent what he wants. He was, you know, he was spoken to by ken holland over the phone saying that he wants to play under a couple conditions first he wants to play in detroit and that's the only place he wants to be able to finish his career his family's already established here in the suburbs of detroit which are really nice i personally live in them coming to you live from west bloomfield michigan shout out to west bloomfield and the oakland county area you know go to michigan stay in the fall but brought up in a great community out here um alfredson lives just down the street from me and alfredson you know him returning to the ice is not just where he lives it's secondly it's after a great year of product you know of goal scoring and more so the assists that he had alfredson last year had 31 assists he was feeding the puck to the youngsters to be able to get goals you know with nyquist with tatar you know, even players like Justin Ablocator, you know, it it, it was working well for Alfredson. And, and, you know, he was affected by reoccurring back issues that held him out of not only games three through five in the playoffs, but also held him out to only play 68 games throughout the regular season. So... You know, if you take all that into consideration, Alfredson just wants to be 100% healthy if he's going to play another NHL season. If he is, that season will be with the Red Wings. In my opinion, I think the fact that the Wings are waiting on Alfredson, you know, kind of screws them over in a weird way in the sense that Alfredson is going to take up cap space and the Red Wings are still looking to acquire players, whether it... Be through a trade or free agency, which the salary of Alfredson would affect. Alfredson, you know, he'll look to get paid about $3 million compared to last year's salary of, you know, $3.5 million. He also took in $2 million of bonuses. After everything, his annual average salary with that factoring in all performance bonuses was $5.5 million last year. Last year, he also had 18 goals, 31 assists, and he was at the top of the leaders list in points for. The Red Wings, and he was tied with Nicholas Cronwall by the end of the season, who played in 11 more games than Daniel Alfredson. Cronwall played in 79. And, you know, all in all, guys, this is basically what the situation is. The Red Wings have about $8 million in cap space to work with. And let's keep in mind they need to sign, well, they need to re sign. Danny DeGeyser and Thomas DeTar, and then also they need to be able to pay Alfredson if he wants to play in his 19th season and can put up the numbers that he, you know, put up last year. But I would expect a smaller contract for Alfredson for the year-long contract because of the bonuses that he will be bringing in. But you know, we're all, uh, we're all up in the air about stuff like that. We don't really know what's going on, um, you know, behind the scenes, nobody could guess some certain contracting and that is just the way it is but i want to move on to the next segment right now um i just kind of want to step off you know this whole alfredson cleary people who are being resigned, the transactions i want to talk about the development and i'm a big development guy and we're talking about um the 2014 development camp later on we'll bring back in trade options and free agency so we'll you know kind of touch back on what we talked about in the first segment but right now July 4th through the 8th, and there were a lot of good players there, guys. Let's uh, let's look into this. A lot of fans and analysts really don't understand. There was There's an amount of talent that the Red Wings are working with in the AHL, the OHL, draft picks. There are a lot of players who have been going to camp for a few years now and understand how things are going, but they're not necessarily the players that are going to make it to the NHL all right, Jake Patterson, goaltender for instance, really honing in his skills, trying to make an impression on, you know, the coaching staff, trying to be able to um, hold a position to, you know, potentially move his career forward in the NHL, but, you know, people like him are getting funneled out, but he's still a leader at a development camp, Um, but overall, it's the forwards that we're looking at. And we're looking at people like Thomas Nosek, And we're looking at people like Anthony Mantha. We're looking at people like Dylan Larkin. First things first, people may imagine that being a foreigner to the USA would make development. Camp. You know, the transition from the KHL or the QMJHL or to the, you know, just straight to the AHL or OHL is something that is an extra leap that players need to get through. Yuri Fisher is the director of player development. He actually helps players like Thomas Nosek. He was signed a couple of months ago off a of free agency Richard Nampole. Um, you know, he was drafted in 2011. In fact, Fisher was a part of the reason why Thomas Nosek chose to come to Detroit. So that's great for Yuri Fisher uh, with countrymen looking around for help, you know. You got the big guy for the development and transition into the NHL. Hopefully one day for Nosek. Um, first round picks in 2013 and 14, they were stall buddies. Anthony, Mantha, and Jill and Larkin were stall mates during development camp. And Blasho actually said that they both looked good. And they were two of the hardest work... They had they had the best work ethic, work ethic and determination at camp. Sorry, I'm stumbling over my words here. Can't even speak. Working together in camp is definitely key, though. And Larkin slash Mantha, you know, along with everybody else... Are both doing well with that and it's not only just with each other but like i said it is with everyone else and that's what coach blashill has been saying you know the head coach of the ahl grand rapids griffins larkin is on his way to play for the united or the united the university of michigan the university of michigan ugh pathetic. We're going to kick their butt in football. I'll tell you that. Uh, but he's playing for them for a season, Dylan Larkin, and Blashill actually thinks that he's going to have great success there and in the future as a potential Red Wing, which is really great to hear because of players like Zetterberg, Datsuk, Franz, and Cromwell, They're all getting to a point in their career, guys, where the front office needs to think about the next step. And after they choose to retire within the next four to five years, that's when these players are truly going to be able to hone their skills and be able to go and play competitively in the NHL. But upcoming prospects that showed real good stuff at camp. And let's just talk about the prospects. There are about 50 players that come to camp. All right. But only a few of of those players will even be sped out to the AHL and to be able to continue their career path to the NHL. And, you know, five, six, five or six, maybe out of those 50 will go to the NHL. Ultimately, I think first things first in this segment, we need to talk about Anthony Mantha, and he thinks he's ready to play in the NHL. I think he's ready to play in the NHL. He obviously knows that the AHL is more likely where he will end up starting this season, but he is really anticipated at both levels. Mantha is coming off of 250 goal seasons in juniors. He'll be given a shot throughout training camp he really will in the preseason to earn himself a spot he wants to be able to earn his spot on this red wings roster he wants to start in the nhl mantha will really need to be a spectacular player which he's fully capable of doing from what i've you know from what i've seen of this guy i think that he's fully capable of doing it he shoots left he's six five 205 pounds. He's a right winger. He was uh, the first round overall pick in the 20th overall pick in the first round in 2013. In 2013-2014, listen to all that he accomplished in just this season. He was the CHL Player of the Year. He was the QMJHL MVP and scoring champion. He recorded 57 goals, 63 assists, and 120 points in just 57 games. He recorded 24 goals and 14 assists, 38 points in 24 playoff games. And he led his QMJHL championship team, the Valdor QMJHL team championship, scoring the clinching goal of 52 seconds left in Game 7 of the Finals. The guy's got a rocket shot. He's a scoring touch. He's a great size. He skates well. And you know what? They're going to give him a shot. His career statistics in 2012-2013. In 67 games, the guy had 50 goals and 39 assists. That's 89 points plus 21 ratings that's numbers that you want to see from your top prospect the next season you know we already talked about it. he was plus 34 as well the guy is good but when he gets to the NHL the question is will he be stumped this is definitely a player to watch out for though and Following on him on that list is Timu and He's one of those players that come into play if Alfredson chooses to resign. And the Red Wings have a massive influx of forwards, as we've been saying. You know, let's just take a quick glance down the list right now of forwards that the Red Wings have because it's actually, it, it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty good list. Justin Ablocator, Pavel Datsuk, Joachim Anderson, Johan Franz, and Luke Lending, Darren Helm, Drew Miller. Gustav Nyquist, Kevin Porter, Riley Shahan, Thomas Tatar, Stephen Weiss, and Henrik Zetterberg. That's a pretty good forward core. And adding these prospects on top of that, axing out a couple people, maybe somebody like Joachim Anderson for a player like Timu Polkanen, I don't know. We're kind of just throwing things up in the air right now. Um, but that's just what I for. That's what I see for the future. And, you know, he, Polkinen's way smaller than Mantha, 5'11", 183 pounds. He's 22 years old, but he's drafted in 2010. He's from Finland. He was drafting in the fourth round, number 111 overall. And um, he played for Jokerit Helinski in Finland. And he has played three games with the Red Wings already, two, po- two penalty minutes, and four shots and goals. Four shots on goal. He's first class though. End to end. He's very very dangerous. He's got an incredible shot. He has incredible playmaking skills. The only downfall I would say. Is that with time. He needs to be able to be a better skater. He needs to get to the puck a little bit. With less movement. He needs to just get there. Dart there. He's not quick on his feet. Um, but you know. I would see Anthony Mantha stepping up. I don't see a player like Timo Polkanen stepping up, but a player that legitimately could step up. And this is on the back end in the defensive core, you know, tagging along with people like Danny DeKaiser, Jonathan Erickson, Jakob Kindle, Nicholas Cronwall, Brian Lashoff, Kyle Quincy, and Brennan Smith. That's the lineup for the Red Wings when it comes to defenders. Ryan Sproyle, he's originally. Um, You know, he was called up on February 25th, 2014. He only made it to practice, but before sending him down to the HL, you know, they got him into a practice and they got him on to the NHL license to the actual leak, and he eventually came back and played for the Wings on April 13th against the St. Louis Blues, and he actually laid a massive hit on Derek Roy, and I remember watching it, actually, and he fed heavily off that. It looked good, sounded good. It showed authority on the blue line. He played 18 minutes and 25 seconds. He had three shots, two hits, and two blocked shots in that appearance, and before he went pro, 153 points, including 57 goals in 172 games in the OHL for the Greyhounds. He won the OHL Max Kaminsky Trophy as the league's most outstanding defender in 2012-2013. He's also been named the CHL Defenseman of the Year. On top of all that, he was named to the AHL's All-Rookie Team in 2013-2014. So he's definitely a looker, and he's getting rewarded for good play already, and he's only 21 years old. And then comes a player like Xavier Olette who's 20 years old. All right, and he was drafted in 2011, second round, number 48 overall, the last prospect that the Rings Wings are looking for and they're looking towards that big jump from the HL to the NHL. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but a following year. He went from the Canada WJCA and played six games. He went over there 2013-2014. He played four games with the Red Wings. He had four shots and two penalty minutes. And then in the postseason, he actually got one game in against Boston and he compiled one shot and a minus one rating, but he's still at least got the NHL playoff experience and he's very offensively talented you know for a blue liner he's poised at both ends of the ice which is a very big deal for the wings exactly what they need right now he shoots left but he had 10 goals and 31 assists 41 points and a plus 14 rating in 12 13 he has some production potential I can definitely save that, but with all of that being said, those are just four players, this is what I'm, pers- this is what I'm expecting, I'm expecting that Ryan Sproyle and Anthony Mantha see ice time next, next year for the Red Wings, and I think, I really do think that Mantha is going to have an impact, I think the guy's that good, I really do, those numbers are impressive, 120 points in the season, 57 games, give me a break, that's impressive, anyway, I am going to get to the last segment, I want to talk about it for the last little bit of the show here, and it's, our final segment today it's time to talk about what are what what would you say is the most embarrassing topic right now? Ooh, ooh, pick me. Personally, I think that the most embarrassing topic is the fact that Red Wings got completely shut out during free agency. So, I would say that the free agency hunt even though rejection was held basically an execution of the Red Wings' future, Um, there are definitely players that can fill up the remaining spots. And there's still Michael DelZato on the board. He's 24 years old, only hit a $2.55 million cap hit last season, and he had 41 points for New York in 2011-2012, and he had 37 points throughout the last 113 games. And I know that's not good, but he has good mobility and he's solid. And the power play that he brings, the the type of power play, the puck movement, they need... Somebody with versatility, they meaning the Red Wings. The trick with Delzato is that he's young and in the proper system, he can flourish. The Wings have been coined, like I said earlier in the show, to create players, bring them from average to a very extreme level of play. And for example, somebody like Darren McCarty, Dallas Drake, both of those players ended up winning a Stanley Cup with the Red Wings. And my biggest concern, though, with Delzato is that he's not the best at being physical, which is not necessarily a bad thing nicholas lidstrom wasn't physical um you know chris chelios was very physical so you know you get it all across the board um but what makes it bad is that on top of that he's caught out of position a lot and loses a lot of one-on-one battles across the boards but if he refines his games within the red wing system i think that the wings could be you know they could really use somebody like Michael and They need a defender. They need someone that they can grab without having to forfeit a top-tier youngster for a trade. And, you know, speaking of trades, that brings us to the next option of trades. But if the Red Wings are looking to make any sort of trade, they're going to have to be willing to give it up for a lot of draft picks, prospects, a top young player. And That's a short list. It's Gustav Nyquist, Thomas Tatar, Thomas Yurko, or Anthony Mantha, and a draft pick none of which the Red Wings are really trying to lose. The first option could be using the compliance buyout to send Jordan Tutu to the Sabres to retrieve Villy Lano. He started as a Red Wing, but this isn't really something that the Wings, you know, they're not considering doing that right now, considering they have the influx of forwards. Legitimately, though, the Red Wings could look to trade for somebody like Tyler Myers of the Sabres or Matt Green from Washington. And the Tyler Myers option, it's, it would be a franchise tag. It's, he's 6'8", he's 24 years old. He's like a Zdeno Chara player. He's the only one that can look him in the eye, on the eyes. And he has 318 NHL games under his belt. He's played since 2008 with the Sabres. And he, you know, had 48 points in 82 games as a rookie, which is pretty good. Um he's a big production defender and the fact that he plays in all 82 games I mean he's a trooper and he can get through the entire season which the Red Wings did not do a lot of 2 years ago the Sabres signed Myers to 7 years 38.5 million working on a very good deal to be about 5.5 annually but the Wings would not be able to give him that kind of money but you know compliance buyouts, you know, there's a bunch of different stuff that goes on uh, within contracting, like I was saying earlier, but, you know, the Red Wings could figure out something there, and then Mike Green of Washington, he's a hard right-handed shot, that helps on the power play a lot, 51 goals of his 103 goals total in his career throughout 503 games, those 51 goals on the power play are really, really clutch, and that's what you're looking for, he's going to be 29 years old In October, he still has a lot of seasons left in front of him in the NHL. And last year, he entered the season with a three-year $18.25 million contract, which he signed in 2012. He'd be a great possession puck player for the Wings, something that they, you know, the great team, a great team, Plays great possession puck hockey and 38 points in 70 games last year, and 29 of those were assists. So he would be able to feed the puck to Pavel and Hank very well, both five on five in on the power play. I would say the biggest difference between these two guys is Green is less expensive, obviously. Myers would be a franchise tag. Both of these players are going to leave Detroit, are going to leave for Detroit. But only if a great offer is put up. Like I said, Gus, Tatar, Yurko, Mantha, prospects, potential draft pick in the 2015 draft. You know, that's just basically the overall question uh, remaining right now. But the Red Wings still have some work to do in this offseason. They have to re sign Thomas Tatar, Danny DeKaiser. Uh, they have to. Find out whether or not Daniel Alfredson is going to be healthy. And ultimately, they have a decision to make on that forward. And with such a large influx of forwards, as we were talking about earlier. But guys, that's all I have to say today. But That's all that I'm going to leave you with, actually. We're going to come back again later on this week into next week with episode 13. We'll talk the depth chart. We're going to be talking a lot about the depth chart, the forwards, the defenders, the goalies, the entire Red Wings system, and what the Red Wings can legitimately do and what they're actually looking at with their season schedule and all that jazz. But guys, thank you so much for tuning into this week's edition of Octa Hockey Town. Make sure to tune in next week. We will continue our discussion on the offseason, too, and talk about that depth chart going into the 2014-2015 season. If you want more information on the Red Wings offseason or any other sports, go to www.impact89fm.org. sports As always, guys, I'm your host, Austin Goodman, saying have a wonderful week. And welcome home, LeBron James, back to Cleveland. And ugh, I cannot believe Germany won. Guys, see you later.